0: Aaron, man, thank you. I appreciate you doing this, man. We had a few technical difficulties yesterday, but we're back again to record. So I'm I'm, I'm super, super stoked to have you on. Thank you for doing this, dude.
1: you for having me, brother. I'm very excited to be here. Very happy to be here. No, it's awesome.
0: So we, we we spoke a little bit yesterday, um, kind of a little bit about your background. And again, I'm really interested to hop into that because you you started off, you didn't start off as a, as a strength athlete, but you started off as as a rower who got involved within strength sports to help your rowing and then moved away from rowing to come into weightlifting, is that right?
1: Yes, brother. Um, Basically, uh, yeah, I used to row, and um, a long story short was was I needed to get stronger. So um, I started weightlifting, um, powerlifting, and um, yeah, brother, it helped me a great deal and um once i realized that my rowing career was um gonna end and uh, basically i thought well this is a perfect time to just carry on weightlifting so that's how it all started so um,
0: how old were you when the, the 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 rowing kind of like came to a natural head like what kind of age range were you in
1: I started rowing at the age of 16, and then uh, probably that ended at about the age of 18. So it was a um, two-year stint. Um, if I could have still carried on rowing, I probably would have, but um, I just uh, wasn't able to get to the level that I wanted to be at. So. But it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting,
0: isn't it? It's like that—that that whole thing of that—it's it, brought you on the path that you're here today. And I know yesterday you were kind of saying and talking about how you know you kind of wouldn't change anything because it's led you to where you are today. And it's really interesting because I think you know at those times you know maybe uh, we didn't get where we wanted to on our chosen sport, or we didn't hit that that PR on that lift at that meet or whatever, and we beat ourselves up about it at the time we can't really see, but then we get kind of, I don't know, it could be a few months, it could be a few years, it could be 10, 15 years down the line, and you look back and you go, oh shit, hey, that had to happen in order for all of these things to happen for me to be where I am now, and I kind of feel like that's where you kind of are at with everything.
1: Yes, brother, 100%. Um, I think um, a big factor uh, with it all is that sometimes you get lucky with the actual coach that you have. And um, I was very fortunate enough that all of the um, coaches that I've had with weightlifting have actually had a very big big impact um, in my life and were actually able to help me reach my full potential. So um, that's another reason uh, why I'm still weightlifting the rowing got a little bit uh, funny towards the end. Um, the I wouldn't say I need a coach to wipe my ass, but um, sometimes it's a little bit hard, man. Like, if you're not the um, best athlete, a lot of the time you don't get that much help. So, I don't know, maybe I should have just trained a little bit harder or um, something like that. But as a coach, I now realize that importance um, of actually having a coach and the importance of being a good coach towards others and um, getting the best out of them. It's an important thing because just like that, someone could stop doing something that they really love. So I always um, keep that in mind. You always need that positive reinforcement and you're really need to help people get the absolute best out of themselves because you don't want them to stop training or you know just over something stupid but
0: yeah yeah. it, it happens as well like it's it's so 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 easy to fall out of the patterns of training to fall out of love with sports you know sometimes it's a case of that maybe when you you know you try and take that sport to the next level and you don't really realize how much time it it takes to put into these things. You know, it's literally like a full time job. And then when you get across to that, sometimes you actually realize oh fuck maybe this isn't for me you know like maybe i don't actually want it that badly and maybe it's better for me as an athlete to to not necessarily pursue that and like you did with the rowing and then that's the exact thing is that you go okay that door's closed that's that not that that's a bad part of my life but that had to happen to get me to here and now it's up to me to open the next door and i kind of feel like that that's where you are with your weightlifting that it was a door that was kind of Almost open by accident, you know what I mean. But like you, you stepped through, you looked around, and you're like, "Oh man, this is this is the place I wanted to be the whole time."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I if I, I, I think I learned a lot of great things about rowing, um, mental toughness, um, a lot of the stuff that I actually learned in rowing I still apply into my. Um, Training today. I had a um, training partner a very long time ago. He was actually the fastest two-kilometer rower in South African history for the age of under 16, and his name was... Man, this guy was unbelievable. So one time we were at the um, Star Line and it was a five-kilometer race, and uh, I said to him, I'm doing this for my little brother. And he gripped me on the neck, straight from behind, as hard as he could, and he squeezed me. And he goes, you learn, do this for anybody else but yourself. And I'll go, I'll go, that's hectic. I'll go, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So I learned um, stuff about mental toughness and not giving up and just keep training. And sometimes it's actually um, that simple. Like Guy was the... Um, fastest in South Africa but there was no joke as to he was also the hardest worker and that's where I actually learned if you put in the effort and you train as hard as you can or you train as hard or you train harder than everybody else that is on the team you're going to be the best they always talk about genetics and all of this stuff which yes I understand it does play a big role but more than likely, most of the time, if you work harder than everybody else, you're going to get a better result. Um, loosely. Loosely, but yeah, I learned a lot of um, amazing things from rowing, and here I am now, brother, and if I didn't am now, so even though I didn't carry on with it, I'm still um, happy that i did.
0: Yeah, but it teaches you the life lessons. You know, I think back to...
1: Uh, You know, when I was
0: like 15, 16 years of age playing at like professional academy level rugby and doing like suicide runs outside in the blistering heat, dehydrated, throwing up, lactic acid building up in my legs, not being able to stand up, having to run another lap, wanting to throw up. And I think back to it now and I'm like oh man, when I step up to a barbell and I'm feeling like shit, like all of that just goes out of my head because I'm like, man, I could be back running suicides in 30 degree heat feeling like I'm going to die. This is nothing. And it's like when you have that switch, you're like, okay, well, actually, realistically, this could be a lot worse.
1: (laughs) Exactly, brother. That's the best mindset. That's the best mindset. Like, um, a lot of the times I find, um, you know, I actually used to play golf a very long time ago before I used to row. And um, my dad always used to tell me that when you get to the halfway house, don't go sit down and eat lunch with everyone else because all everyone else used to do was talk about how difficult it was, how crap their game was. And straight away, you listen to what they're saying. And then instantly you think that you have to struggle on hole number eight or hole number fifteen or whatever it is. And I find happens in the actual gym. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that they do a bad rep or they do something that they don't like and straight away they're sulking and it affects everybody else in the um, actual room. So I think attitude towards training, just like you were saying. You know, it's so important. You need, it doesn't doesn't matter how you feel. And, you know, as an athlete, it is actually kind of your job to make sure that while you're training, that you make everybody else's life in the actual gym or the team easier. You know, it's very hard to find these days sometimes. You know, people just love to complain about how difficult it was. And you've gone on the days where People are training to train harder than each other. You know, it's 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 very rare in the weightlifting community, um, so far from what I have come across. But there, there are actually a few people that I've um, trained with that have basically wrecked me and smashed me into a million pieces. But yeah, it's very hard to come by people that are very mentally tough. Um, because it seems these days it's just cool to complain about things like, oh, that was heavy, or oh, that was this. But that's not going to do anybody in the gym any favors, you know? Yeah,
0: it's the whole thing, you know, don't don't, don't make excuses, make progress. Like, that's why I, I always say to myself on my Instagram, like, I know I could be lifting heavier, I know I have shit days, I know I have days where I'm not hitting where I know I should be at, but I'm not going to make an excuse for myself, like, yeah, it wasn't great, I'm now going to go and ruin myself and all of my accessory work and make sure I put every ounce of energy into that so I can come back and get that lift next time. And like, that's what I love. I see it on like your Instagram videos and stuff as well. You know, you're underneath ridiculous weight and you might not be able to stand up with it. You might fail the lift, you might do whatever, but you just shrug it off, you'll laugh, you'll say, oh no, it's fine, bro, no worries. I'll get that next time. And then you you walk away and it's like, it's such a nice, refreshing way to think about it because, you know, especially with lifting, it's this very kind of like, hyper aggressive ah, screaming blood sweat tears and it's very very intense so when you can break that kind of uh just that atmosphere and just kind of laugh off and shrug it off it kind of it really breaks the tension and I think it's 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 really really nice because you can see from the environment that you're in that everyone's in a decent training environment like yeah you're getting shit done but also like you're not being super harsh on yourself you're not pushing yourself down you go okay maybe I didn't get this lift but I'm gonna wait five minutes or whatever and I'm gonna come back to it again and you know that you know there are videos of you where you've come back fourth time trying to trying to break a lift and you finally get it and it's like okay that's why we do this
1: man it's um important it's very important um you know Sometimes I feel when I was younger, when I used to play golf in that, man, I used to throw temper tantrums. I used to give myself a hard time. And I think sometimes you actually have to go through that stage to realize how not cool it is to behave like like that. And um, a lot of the times uh, I'll get the opportunity to train with different people and you see them giving themselves a hard time and they – I I don't think they want to come across as arrogant or anything like that, but they sort of have a um, point to prove, and they miss their lift, and they carry on, and they're all angry. And then I look at it, and I go, holy shit, I do not want to look like that, because the way that I'm looking at this guy, I don't want anybody to look at me like that. I'm bloody burning inside when I've missed the lift, but all I do is I pat the weights, Have a little bit of a smile, and inside I'm angry, but I don't want to affect anybody else's um, session. But I guess everybody goes through that stage, and um, for me, I've just been lucky enough to have role models and mentors around me to teach me and get me out of that. So, you know, a lot of the time I try and help people, especially clients, because they paying you, so they're more than likely to listen to what you say. Um, They will miss a lift, and they'll start screaming, and straight away I tell them. And within four weeks of training with me, their whole attitude has changed, and a lot of them have come back to me and and said um, just their attitude towards training has carried over towards their attitude in life. And a lot of the um, the, um, athletes that I train, I train businessmen, I train dentists, I train some weightlifters, and um, they all say that it carries over towards life. The way that you approach your training is the same way that you can approach life and if it's with a positive attitude you're only going to get the best out of whatever it is that you're doing.
0: I love that idea because it's so funny, you know, for a lot of people from the outside world looking into the gym, it's just kind of this land of weights and hairy men screaming and throwing things about. But actually I've spoken about this with, with several other competitors and athletes is, you know, there's so many life lessons to be learned inside of the gym in terms of the hardship, in terms of the struggle, in terms of having to keep adherence, in terms of, you know, even, even when you don't want to, doing the things that you know are going to help you when you come back. So, you know, working on your rehab, working on your prehab, working on your stretching, doing all that shit that you don't necessarily want to do. Of course it carries over into life because there are always going to be these situations where there are these loads of things that we don't want to do with our lives. There are loads of things that we don't want to face because it's just too much of a stress. So by training that and understanding it in the gym, I think you're 100% right when it comes across into real life. You're like, okay, well, what used to be a 50-50 decision, now is like, okay, I'm 100%, I know what I need to do because the gym
1: has taught me that. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But I honestly believe, and I'm pretty sure it's the same as um, everything else in life. doesn't matter what hobby you do, but seeing as though we train, I purely believe that training and getting stronger actually changes lives because, I mean, it's changed my life. And a lot of the time you get people that come in and they may be a little bit timid or they may be shy and they're scared and the way that they put their plates on the bar, their back's all round and they're struggling to get it on. And then you just train them for like, like one year, brother, and they're putting on plates with posture. They're slamming it on, brother freaking putting chalk on their hands and it's like wow this is not the same person that walked um uh, through the um um door, you know and they just start walking around with more confidence and man the, i just believe that lifting weights creates opportunities for people in, in many ways whatsoever i mean you look at arnold Schwarzenegger. Salvestro Stallone. You look at all of these guys, these actors, and that, and they're all jacked up and everything. And it's like, man, if you guys weren't jacked up, maybe you still would have got to where you are. But definitely, having all those muscles (laughs) and spending countless hours in the gym has definitely paid off. But
0: it's also what you you were talking about before, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, all those greats that you're naming off, they're all guys that have not only worked their ass off in the gym, but they're all also incredible businessmen in their own right. They have worked day and fucking night to make movies, to get scripts out, to do shows, premieres, you know, those are the guys, and it's just like you were saying, they had all of that ingrained within their brain from that young age of training and putting their body through that and realizing that yeah it doesn't get any easier. The tasks just get bigger and harder and we just have to overcome them. And you can see it because it's it's carried across into their lives. And I think you're a hundred percent right in what you say there, that it does change lives and it does shape you because it forces you to eat shit. It forces you to be humble. Like, like there's nothing better than a set of weights to make to put you back into your place where you're like, oh man, I'm so confident there's no way I've not got this today. And then you hit it and it's just a sack of spuds. Like it's awful. And you go, Oh my god, like everything I thought was true is wrong. Like I need to go back to square one now. And I think that's the great thing. Like you just you can't get too cocky with it. Because you have to put the work
1: in to support that. So there was a guy who um, who owned a gym that I used to work at. It was called Lift Performance. Um, he, he's a very knowledgeable guy. And he was actually in the special forces. And one day I went with him. Um, shit, I don't think I should be saying this. He told me not to tell anyone. But then, <laughs> then we went to... Um, the, um, military base to go help them train and um, he just let me come along and have a look and do I think he told me to do like a power clean for him or something like that and when we left you know he was just telling me about stories from the war and stuff and I'm just like man I'm like wow you guys are, are unbelievable like this is this, this is crazy like I think I'm a tough guy I go, fuck, well, there's no ways in how I am after what you just told me. You you guys are insane. And he actually um, mentored me. Uh, and I remember one of the things he said to me when I first started working at his gym, because I was a little bit insecure, um, and I uh, basically, um, you know, I just wanted like I had a point to prove and that I was still younger. And um, he said to me, if you walk around like you think you are the man, and you make an error or you fuck up, he goes, that's gonna be very embarrassing for you. But he goes, if you just walk around and laugh at yourself and don't think much of yourself, don't care, and you stuff up, he goes, it's not gonna be that bad, bro. He goes, it's gonna not feel as bad in your heart <laughs> if you don't really care about you're like your, you know, you know. So yeah, um, that was also another very lucky life lesson that I was able to learn. Yeah, so,
0: it's. Uh, yeah. I th- I think it's that whole thing, you know, like you just don't don't take yourself too seriously. I think it's really nice as well because you know, in, in a sport like that 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 you're in. Anything within weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, anything with weights, there's always gonna be egos involved, do you know what I mean? Because there's all these big guys, there's lots of muscle, there's lots of people that have been blowing smoke up people's ass for years and years and years. The great thing is that weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman is it's all black and white. Like you either pick the weight up or you don't pick the weight up. There's no grey area, do you know what I mean? Like if you get the lift, you get the lift cool, and if you don't, you don't. And you don't have room for for all of this like arrogance and ego and shit to be getting in the way. Because if you've got that arrogance and you step up to the platform and you fail that lift, man, everyone is going to be laughing at you. Everyone is going to think that you're an ass. Like, if you're going to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. And if you can't do it,
1: then you just need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> man, it's so true, brother. And, you know, when I... Also, um, a lot of the um, things that have actually humbled me was the first time. Uh, let me just close the door. The the first time I actually um, ever met anybody uh, that was something in the strength world was actually dull Manuel, and um, he's a South African. Uh, sorry, the Australian all time record holder in the squad and total. I think he squatted 465 kilos. Uh, when I first met him, I th- if I'm not mistaken, I think he was only squatting 430. And um, yeah, so there I was, brother. I'd only been in Australia for about six months. And um, we, Bass and I, got the opportunity to drop him off at the airport. I think he was going to Russia for. Battle of the Champions, I can't remember exactly what competition it was. I said to him, I go, Adele, I go, man, my, my lifetime dream is to be as strong as yours, to be as strong as you one day. And, you know, in my mind, I'm probably thinking this guy's thinking, fucking <laughs> skinny little white boy, he's never going to be as strong as me. But what he actually said, he goes, man, he goes, you're going to be bigger than and stronger than me one day. He goes, I can see it in you. And brother, you have no idea the, um, the impact of what he said to me actually did to me. It motivated me beyond belief. And that's why I'm always saying is that sometimes as a coach, it's so important to obviously you have to be realistic. But I do believe that you need to be encouraging your athletes or people that you're training with all the time because, you know, when I first started weightlifting, I remember at my um, coach's gym, everybody was tight, but motherfuckers used to make fun of me because I was so skinny because my legs were so so small. So when I used to be going off, I remember the one time I was probably like a 130 clean and jerk. And Darren Anthony, who actually um, represented South Africa at the Olympic Games in 2008, um, his his dad, who was my coach, um, squatted 400 kilos. Um, and I think Darren had, had a 180 clean and jerk and a 150 snatch at about, could have been 77 kilos. And I'm just going out for my lift. And um, he beat uh, in he used to call me legs, you know, and it's like,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> it was all funny. But the thing is, brother, I've been, in, even before that, uh, my um, high school gym, brother, everybody used to make, not make fun of me to that extent, but they would be laughing, bro, because I was the skinniest guy in the gym. But I could tell you something, but I was making sure that for every set someone did, I was doing two or three sets, I was working harder sometimes, brother, I used to be working so hard, like, it was just, like, I don't know about that, like, I used to dream for it, sleep for it, you know what I mean, like, I couldn't wait to actually um, go to the gym, and, you know, with all of that, I was just lucky that the coaches that I had along the way, um... In, like told me that, you know, you're going to be great one day. One day you're going to snatch 160, or one day you're going to cling 200. And my first coach, um, which is Darren's dad, every evening before we left the gym, he used to make us stand there, and he used to tell us how great we were for about 10 minutes, how amazing we were, and how well we are um, going to, uh, you know... A lot of the time, people always say to me, how did you snatch 180 kilos or how did you do this? And I say that it doesn't take anybody special because when I first started training, I was the weakest and smallest person in the gym. Everybody in my class was bigger than me. Everybody in my class was stronger than me. And I always say that, if you take a group of 10 people and put them through the exact same training plan that I did, they slept the same amount of hours, worked the same job. I said 10 out of 10 people will lift exactly what I have, or if not more. So, a lot of people talk about talent and this and that, but you know, if you are prepared to do the work, and you have people that can um, lift you up and talk well with you. There's no goal or no dream that is too big for you in the world. You can pretty much achieve anything that you want. It's just, um, are you willing to actually do it?
0: I completely so agree with you there. I completely utterly agree with you that you know if if you push yourself and you work hard, yeah, there are going to be physical limitations on some things, but you can do. of things if you really, really, truly commit yourself to it. But I think it's really important to highlight the, the, the fact that you even said it there, you know, if you put in what it takes. And I think the issue with a lot of people is that they don't fully understand, they don't give it credit, what it actually takes until they get in there. You know, once you've done that and you've been there and you've been deep in those training camps and your body feels beaten up and you know you still got to get up tomorrow, you still got to hit the platform, you've still got to ace those lifts and then you're going to, guess what? You're going to be back in the day after that and you're going to be doing the same thing again. Once you get through that, you can kind of see it. But it, I think for a lot of people is that they just, they're not ready to put in those hard yards, man. It takes so much out of you. That you really have to love what you do. You have to fall in love with it. And that's why I love hearing about you, man. You're so goddamn passionate about training. You know, not even necessarily just for yourself. And it's probably why it carries across into, you know, your client's progress so well. It's because you're just a guy that fucking loves to train.
1: (laughs) Yeah, bro. I love it, bro. I love it, man. And like... Oh, I don't even know where to begin, but it's good. <laughs> it's so
0: good. So, how how oh. do you how do you handle it? So obviously, there's two sides of the coin, because you've got you as a competitor and you've got you as a coach. And as each, you know, you're probably going to think slightly differently, and you're probably going to operate slightly differently because we just do when we're working for ourselves and working for someone else. Do you do you find it nicer? being the athlete, or do you
1: find it nicer being the coach? Um, definitely be, oh, I wouldn't really call myself an athlete, <laughs> but um, I love um, lifting, brother, and I love it when my coach comes to the gym, because right now I'm not competing in any um, um, sanctioned meets, so for me all I've got is when my coach comes to the gym on Saturdays, and when he comes to the gym, I'll tell you a funny story. One day it was 2 o'clock and I messaged him at about 1 o'clock and I said, hey brother, are you coming to the gym to come and train? And he's full of surprises. This guy's a magician. He goes, sorry brother, I won't be able to make it there today. Just woke up to a heavy max. Now clean and jerk." And 2 o'clock came, and I was lying down on my back, sitting on my phone, and I thought that he wasn't going to come, so I was probably only going to start training at 3, and he walked into the um, uh, gym. There was maybe like five or six other people there, and he goes, what the fuck are you doing? Hurry up. Get get up. Put, put your um, – I don't have time. I have to be somewhere else. Let's go. And, brother, you don't understand how that motivated me. I was like, yeah, you want me to fucking go? All right, I'll show you, brother. So I put my shoes on and I built up to a a 170 snap and I think a 210 kilogram clean. It could have been under 20 minutes. What what the fuck? It was just just like, it was just unbelievable. It was just hectic. So it's funny because um, my coach, um, Andrew um, Ciancho, little bit of background about him. He's got a 170 snatch, a 212 clean. His brother also snatches 170, uh, cleans 200. His dad came fourth at the Olympic Games. I can't remember what uh, um, what games it was, but between them, they've got more than um, 60 or 70 years weightlifting experience. And um, a lot of the stories and things that he um, tells me, you know, like when he walks into the gym, like he would describe it as his blood would just start boiling and before he's even walked into the gym his body's already warm, he doesn't even need to warm up, he just needs to put plates on the bar and I I, I actually the first time I met Andrew was um, actually on Instagram when I saw this guy with a 200 kilogram clean and straight away I was actually sitting down with my wife and I go "Um, what the hell I go, who is this guy? I go, this is this is crazy. So I messaged Andrew straight away and I said, hey brother, please can we train one day? And he came into the gym and I remember the first time he actually came into the gym. I was actually um, working at a um, base gym and he came in and he 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 had all these um tradesmen like clothes on this uniform. He had been working, I don't know, like a 12-hour day. He probably hadn't eaten any food. He had sawdust coming out of his 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 beard. He had paint on his clothes. He smiled like just like a like do you know what I mean? And um, (laughs) he walked into the gym and he freaking cleaned two oh five. Like I think I did a one seventy clean and he cleaned two oh five. I think his first warm up was like one seventy or something like that because I had missed 170 kilos in the clean, I think he just jumped straight on there and cleaned it, and then went, well, like 190, 200, 205. And he used to do that to me. He used to beliterate me. He used to smash me every session for like a year. He'd come into the gym, and most of the time, whatever I had finished on or I would missed, like the one time I was doing a 130 snatch triple, but I missed the third rep. He did it with no warm-up, and he would look at me in my eyes and put down the fucking bar, and that's it. And he'd beat me every, every single time. So, so now him being my coach, when he tells me, okay, we're maxing out, or he goes, this is your training program, I want to impress the guy. You know, yes, I only do it for myself, but there's still a certain element because I know how fucking tough and how crazy he is that I want to show him that I can do it. You know, so that's also a very big um, part of it, and I'm very grateful to actually um, have him as my coach. And um, yeah, he's just one tough Aussie bloke, you know. So, yeah, I, I cool. love that because it it, it it it's
0: so amazing as an athlete the impact the coach has on you in terms of like how you look up to them, how you interact with them, and how you want to be perceived by them. You know, I think back to when I first kind of started out with my training and I, I i'm coached by by a guy called rob frampton um and he was the exact same like he didn't take any shit like you did what you were told you did your training you worked off you didn't miss a set you didn't miss a rep that was it and guess what if you do it you succeed but for me when i go down and train there and i'd be like okay I haven't hit this lift at all. this is thirty forty kilos over my p b but you know what I'm going to pull it because if I look up and coach is happy, then I can die a happy man. like that's all I care about if my t- If my coach is good, then I have succeeded in my mission, like and that's just how it is as an athlete, and I think it's amazing because of course you then get to replicate that with your athletes. And you get to portray that and you get to have that sensation and feeling with them. And I'm sure like you're a very open guy. So I'm sure you probably talk about it with them. Like, I'm sure there are many of those guys that have that same feeling with you. You know, when you're standing there and you're watching and you're saying, you know, you're going to, you're going to punch that 230 bench up, whether you like it or not. And then when someone does it, they go and you're like, wow, man, that was incredible. The feeling they get from you being like, wow, that was incredible is it's unlike nothing that they'll ever feel. Like, it's such a great sense of accomplishment and achievement. But that's it, man. That's, like, hooked. Day one, as soon as that happens, it's like... Like you were saying yesterday, like, it's a
1: drug. Like, it becomes addictive, man. Yeah. Yeah, big time, man. It's, um... It's... It's... When you put in all your hard work and, you know, sometimes... You think, why am I doing this um, training? What's my purpose of doing this? You know, when you sacrifice everything else in uh, life, like uh, at the moment, you know, I'm 27 years old and um, obviously I'm just a, a personal. Trainer and I train everybody from doesn't matter if you're a nine to five, you work nine to five, you've never trained before, uh, you're a granny or you're a young kid, like it doesn't matter, you need no experience whatsoever. I will um, train you. And basically, the long story short is, you know, me trying to achieve my goals, there's been many times that I've actually woke up in the morning, I've had Seven sessions PT sessions. I've had to train twice. I've had to eat six times and I've had to cancel sessions. There's there's uh, been days where I knew I was maxing out on Saturday and I know it's probably not ideal but Thursday and Friday. I'll go sorry I had maybe seven sessions on on each day and I'll go I've got to cancel that that's like a thousand four hundred bucks Just so I can sleep come in and max out on Saturday in in hoping that one day that I can snatch 200 kilos and hopefully make something of myself, you know, maybe open a um, big online uh, weightlifting training platform. But for me, many people don't understand. They're like, why are you doing this? Why do you sacrifice everything else in life, you know? When you go and train and you get home, on most nights you're getting home It's like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, and you wake up 6 a.m. in the morning and you don't even get to um, see your wife or your um, family. It's been like that for most of my um, relationship where, um, you know, my wife fully understands. You know, she goes, I would rather you go and train and come home late at night and not see me um, and achieve your goals than come home and sit down in front of the TV, spend good time with me so that we that you don't get to where you need to be, it just comes down to um, sacrifice you know, and a lot of the times she's in the gym with me she doesn't fucking want to be there but she's sitting there to three, four hour training sessions watching me train just so she can help me achieve my dream that hopefully one day you know, that I can lift a weight that i can make money off of and that i can start helping others but um in order to get my name out there i firmly believe that a 200 kilogram snatch will sort of get me a little bit more noticed in the world so um that's basically actually what i'm training for i know it sounds dumb it's not a competition it's not even anything but if i can snatch 200 kilos i believe if i do it right uh I will be able to live a more comfortable life. But people just don't understand it. They're like, you need to work now, make money doing PT now. But it's like, man, I've trained my whole life. I've sacrificed my whole life. I'm 12.5 kilos off of this um, 200 snatch. There's no fucking ways that I'm stopping or listening to any of you guys that have no idea what it took me to get here to just stop. You know what I mean? so. Man, it's just a sacrifice by that. It's just a big sacrifice. But okay? it's also
0: the the people that are saying that those naysayers, they are also people that have not necessarily needed to sacrifice anything in their life to achieve a greater goal. And I think when you speak to those people, you know, like I you were talking there, the first thing I thought of in my head was when Eddie Hall pulled the 500 kilo deadlift, you know, when he pulled that 500 kilo deadlift, he wasn't put, he wasn't trying to beat anyone else. You know, he wasn't in a competition against anyone else. It was this weird, ridiculous fucking outrageous goal that he had just in his head that he just thought about. And it's the exact same thing that you're doing there with a the snatch. And I think it's really important for people to, to to hear this is that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you in direct competition with something. But just in terms of you achieving something that you've set for yourself, and even if it's a case of that you go out there and you go, okay, you know, I'm going to go for that. And you start walking towards it and you go, oh, fucking hell, man. there's no way in hell I'm ever getting anywhere close to that. Maybe you readjust it a little bit. You know, maybe you start off and you're like, okay, I'm going to hit a 220 snatch. And then you go, okay, fine. Well, maybe 220 is just a little bit too far right now. So we'll rein it back in. You hit 200. And dude, when you hit 200, because you're going to fucking hit it, I know a thousand percent you're going to hit it. You'll hit 200. And then once you've hit 200, that part of your brain will go, okay, bro, time to hit 205. Time to hit 210. Time to hit 212. Because it doesn't stop, do you know what I mean? Because
1: we we just want the best out of ourselves. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a weird addiction, brother. Uh, the other day I was talking to um to Bass, and he goes to me. Um, he goes, you know, when you snatch one eighty, and then what? And then I'm like, and then what? And then you want to snatch one ninety? He goes, but then you do one ninety, and then what are you gonna do? And then I'm like, and I looked at him and he looked at me (laughs) and he just started cracking up. because it's like, yeah, bro, I know you, bro. You also want to squat 400, bro. But once you squat 400 and then what are you going (laughs) to do? He knows the, um, uh, you know. Dude, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like, man, you know. um, It's basically like, a freaking sickness. Like I'm not trying to sound <laughs> hardcore, badass, like that. But that's basically um, what it is. It's a fucking sickness, you know. That um, you would exactly what it's like and everybody else I'm laughing because
0: I completely agree like I think about it man like I've torn off like most of the ligaments in my right knee like I don't have half of my right pec anymore because I've torn now I've got tons of impact damage in this shoulder I'm 25 years old man and you know what? I just keep coming back because I just freaking love it like I'm not going to stop until they put me in the fucking ground because it's just a part of my blood it's in my DNA now like I can't stop it you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly man it's it's um it's crazy to think that uh someone like yourself could be so um you know like with all your um injuries and that but you still turn up to the gym and um um train every day that's um inspiration right there brother well do I remember like when I, when I thir- right thir- first
0: taught my my pec and um I tore a bench pressing on a Smith Smith machine because I wanted to go into bodybuilding, and this I, I started training with this pro bodybuilding coach, and literally first session, he had me like guillotine pressing 180 kilos on, on the Smith machine and just tore my pec in half. And I was like, okay, I'm going from bench pressing 180 for reps. Like two weeks later, I was literally holding like one kilogram dumbbells and I could barely bench press with them. And literally, I remember I was lying there on my back, looking up at the gym ceiling. Just the fucking horrible halogen bulbs just searing into my eyes. These one kilo dumbbells, I felt like just as weak as a kitten. And I, all I said to myself was, "Okay, here we go. You know, this is the start. Like, if I want to get back to benching one eighty, like, not not doing this isn't is going to help. So I'm going to have to fucking suck it up." put bench press one kilo weights for the next like six weeks just get my my body working again and then we'll build up and hey you know i'm not there yet but i'm a damn sight better than i was but it's that whole mentality of okay if you want to get back there then you have to be willing to put in that effort and it's like what we said earlier you know for for people like you it's it's in your brain like there's no way you're not going to do it because you're so switched into that and if you don't understand that mentality then you can't understand that mentality like if that's not you then you'll never understand people like you and me <laughs> we don't make sense to anyone else
1: yeah a hundred percent man like uh, when i first moved here so from um south africa and um, I started um, training with Bass. I think the the uh, first gym that I uh, went to was actually a gym that he worked at, just out of coincidence, actually. And um, you know, he told me he goes, "If you want to train brother, I'll make your training program and all of this." And I'm like, "No way, this is unbelievable." He's like, uh, "Free of charge. All you need to do is come to the gym for 45 hours a day, and you need to train yourself." So we used to do like weightlifting in the morning, and then. I wouldn't say powerlifting, but you know, uh, uh, deadlift, uh, bench, uh, squats, you know, dumbbells, all of that. would we'll do that in the evening, um, and basically, brother, I I was training two times a day, four four to five hours a day. When I first got here, I hadn't seen my dad in about three years, and all I used to do while I wasn't um, while I wasn't training was come home and sleep in my room. Like my dad used to come in and his um, girlfriend open up the doors, the windows, shake the bloody sheets and go, bloody hell, get up. Uh, what are you doing? And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. They're like, are oh, you on drugs? Is that what it is? I'm like, no, it's just I've been training. I'm smashed. <laughs> For like one or two years of just living here, all I do was sleep. I, I didn't care about working. I didn't care about anything else. And, um, you know, my dad wasn't a big fan of it at all. And one day when I went to uh, compete in weightlifting, in a um, it was in the 105 kilo, uh, kilogram weight class in Australia, um, I was lucky enough to get for 2017 the biggest total in the um, 105 kilogram weight class, which was I think a 337 total, which is actually not anything to look at at all in the grand scheme of things if you're talking about national level. <laughs> but anyway. Um, my dad came and um, watched that and then all of a sudden he was all for it you know so it's like it's like you know for two years you're telling me why am I doing this stop doing this don't worry about this and then I did well in a competition and now you love it so (laughs) I don't know bro but dude like how amazing is it that you went
0: against that like you went against every natural instinct of like going against what your dad's saying your dad's saying you know why are you doing this For so many other young people that are listening out there that have that influence of like a parent or a guardian or a fucking like a wife, a girlfriend, their loved one, you know, if you have that in your ear, you really, really have to be that next level to be like, nah, like I know you have your opinions and I know that you don't like this, but to have that vision at that age, I think is something that's really amazing and to be stu- to be stubborn in a good way enough to stick to your guns, to be like, nah, parlor, like, I'm going to see this through, don't worry about it, I know you've got your doubts, but I know what I'm doing, and then for you to then go out there and handle it and be like, look, this is why I've been doing what I'm doing, like, it's the perfect, perfect argument for him to be like, right, okay, this makes sense now. <laughs>
1: exactly brother and you know sometimes along the line you you actually do get people that so um port you and um encourage you along the way because they understand and um basically i just like i don't know if i call it a shout out but one of my best friends um it's a long story short he actually owns a crossfit gym which is in the city it's probably it's uh, it's probably one of the most exclusive crossfit gyms going around Australia. It's going to sound a bit biased because I work there. <laughs> but um, This guy is his business model is unbelievable. Like that gym, the vibe, the the way it's set up, it's just it's next level. But um, I'll just tell you something that he actually did for me one day. So he lets me work there. I don't have to pay any rent. Um, he sponsors me food so I can go to the fridge and they have these um, food, it's called My Body Fuel it's like specially made for um, athletes and that I can take as many of those out of the fridge as I want in a day he lets me have as many Powerades, Gatorades from the fridge, Red Bull, as many as I like Um, and he supports me and like I don't even think he knows how much that actually helps me as an athlete not having to um, make food or um, anything like, like that. Well, my wife makes the food, which, you know, she's, that's another person who, actually, I wouldn't be um, where I am right now um, if it uh, wasn't for her. And, um, you know, uh, back to um, uh, Dean, basically one day I went up to him and I go, Dino, I'm buying myself an Elico weightlifting bar. He goes, why do you want that? I go, because I want to snatch 190 kilos and um, I reckon it would make my life a little bit easier. Even though a bar is just a bar, I just wanted an Ilico bar. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, He goes, okay, we'll get one then. I'll go, okay, sweet. So he left the the gym and five minutes later, he sent me a message of this brand new Ilico bar that he had just bought. Online, and he goes, "There's your bar, my brother." And you know, sometimes you you just train and you train and you train, and you, and you don't get anything out of it. But just stuff like that, having people that support your vision, you know, every day when I walk into the gym, is like, "Do one only snatch, you did your one only snatch," and just to have somebody, you know, <clears throat> you've got your coach, you've uh, got your wife, but. Every single little other person that is actually um, helping you um, support your dreams, I just don't think they actually understand the impact that it actually has and how much it um, um, actually helps. And this is a sport that you just physically can't do by yourself. You need you you need people there to help you along the way. It doesn't matter um, <clears throat> how it is, but you you just it's almost impossible to do it by yourself. You need a um, um, team, you know.
0: Yeah, it's strange because it's such yeah. an individual sport. You know, when you're up there and you're on, uh, you know, you're on the platform or you're in the arena or whatever it is, you're there by yourself and only your performance at that time can reflect your hard work. But what you don't see is, like you said, the you know the wife who has helped you know cook your meals or made sure that you got to bed at a sensible time or you know you're not abusing your body or the coach that had that belief in you when you didn't necessarily see it that coach that knew what you had available to you that you didn't see in yourself at the beginning maybe it's that friend that tells you you know maybe just stick at this for a little bit longer and you'll see that and then when you do it you go oh my god you don't ever see that. You just see the person standing on the platform lifting the weight. But I, I completely agree with you is that although it's a solo sport, it's very much
1: like a team dynamic that gets you there. 110%, brother. 110%. A lot of the times um, I get to come across people that are like, you know, powerlifters, crossfitters, weightlifters, rugby players, MMA fighters, all these um, different sort of uh, sports. And I'll tell you one of my um, greatest success stories with, um, from uh, one of my friends that he, he actually um, had. His name is Josh Tooks And uh, I started working at a gym because I got kicked out of that gym lift performance. I actually got asked to leave. Uh, you know, not, not everybody's perfect, but I learnt my lesson, and I won't be making that mistake again. So <laughs> we can call that a positive. And um, I was at a gym just down the road. It was like one little garage gym. There was boxing bags upstairs, downstairs there was just a, a platform, two or three squat racks, and that's it. And I came across this guy, and um, he was. He is a um, MMA fighter, and he had just lost two fights in a row. So, you know, I asked him, I said, what are you doing for weight training? How are you training? What's your plans? And man, you should have seen the way that he just wasn't too sure about himself, you know, at, of obviously just having two losses. Um, and, you know, every day I walked to the gym, I said, brother, when are we training? When are we training? When are we training? And eventually he's like, okay, fine, let's train. So we got him up to like 180 kilogram deadlift. I, I think he's a 60 kilogram fighter. Um, and before he started, he was probably deadlifting like 110, something like, like that. And um, every day that I saw him... I used to tell him, I said, brother, you can go to the UFC. You can go to the UFC. And, you know, I started every single day. You can even ask him yourself. that I saw him, i tell him, brother, you're going to the UFC. You're going to the UFC. I can see it in you. How's your training? What's happening? All of this. And believe it or not, brother, the last four fights that he has had, he actually won. And um, if I'm not mistaken, if he wins his next fight, he will get a shot in the UFC. (laughs) So it's like, and as soon as I found that out, I told him, I'll go, I had nothing to do with this whatsoever. I'll go, it's all you. I just knew that you could do it. And I told him, I said, what did I say to you every single day? What did I say? He said, that I'm going to the UFC, bro. I said, exactly. I fucking told you, bro. And, you know, his mindset, the way that he was talking, before he was still confident but it's different when there's two friends you know if there's other people out there that that don't know you you shouldn't be telling them that oh i'm doing that like you know what i mean like for your yeah. first friends, it's fine to to be a little bit confident and um you know from just talking to me every day like oh you know my training's going all right and my chat. Tra- and it's like the only conversation we had, I said, how's your training? He goes, it's fucking amazing, bro. I'm training today four times a day, but I'm going for my run, bro. He goes, I feel strong, but I've never felt too strong, bro. He goes, I'm, I'm bashing everybody, inspiring. And it was just positive reinforcement every single time, even though he may not have felt like that. The fact that he um, spoke with all those um, positive words and stuff, it actually became a reality and it became a reality and sometimes i think it's very underestimated um positive self-talk and believing in yourself even though you know let's just say that your goal is to uh back squat uh 250 but you, you can only back squat you've broken both your legs and and like you can only back squat 40 and doctors are telling you you'll never be able to do it again it's like it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter what your goal is what your dream is whatever you want to do if you keep on telling yourself that every single day i promise you it doesn't matter who you are what you do you can achieve anything that you want just like this guy you know he was already an advanced athlete but it just goes to show from from losing two fights in a row to winning four fights in a row and then um um if he wins his next fight, he may get called up to the UFC, and it just goes to show that look at his look at the way that he used to uh, talk when he had lost two fights, and look at the uh, way that he is talking now that he's won four fights. But you know that's why when times are tough, you just need to keep positive, and you just you know it's something that I think is very underlooked in strength training is the power of the mind
0: you know yeah i think that the mind is an incredibly powerful tool that i don't think a lot of people have have kind of have used to its full potential yet i think we're we're becoming a little bit better with it now you know people are looking a little bit more at kind of uh Uh, I don't want to use the word spirituality, but like mindfulness, like they're becoming more aware of these things and they're highlighting them and their people are trying to make it more of kind of a a regular in their training program, you know, visualization, positive visualization, go through the thing, seeing yourself winning, seeing yourself grabbing that trophy, seeing yourself standing on that podium, seeing yourself at the bottom of that lift, perfectly locked out, perfect technique. I think it does pay dividends in the long run. You know, I, I want to kind of go back and quickly correct that before people start calling me out in the comment section. You have to, of course, have a, a foundation of training before you get to that point where you can really use like visualization and stuff. You know, if you've never touched a barbell in your life and you sit there at home and you go, oh, I'm going to snatch 200, I'm going to snatch 200. Okay, motherfucker, I'm telling you now you're not going to snatch 200 if you're just sat at home and you've never touched a barbell before. You need to pick up a barbell you need to get up to 100 once you got up to 100 and then you go from there it's a case of that you just have to start off nice and small and build your way up but if you're making progress towards it then that's what it's all about man
1: that's what it's all about exactly exactly and you know the more positive you are outside of your training sessions and. um, the stronger your mind is and the more you train it, by the time it comes for you to get into training and by the time you start warming up, you're in a completely different mindset and you're able to achieve a lot more out of training as opposed to walking into the room with your head down, looking at the floor, knowing that my last two or my last six months of training have been so crap and just moping around you know sometimes that's why i say you need a team of people around you that all have the same beliefs and they'll all want you to achieve your best that are always talking about your goals you always need to be talking about it with your team what do you want to achieve how do you want to do it and um you know that's just um that's just the way that it is brother you you're positive outside training you're going to be more positive in training and you need to train your mind You just, sometimes you just need to harden the fuck up as well, you know, um, you just need to walk into the gym and give your best effort. It's the same as like, let's say that you're doing a um, like a, I don't know, you are playing PlayStation or whatever it is and you're doing like a, a game where you race cars and you're coming 10th and everybody's overlapped you and you say, oh, I'm just gonna restart the game and go again. When people do that, when they train, Because the first part of their session hasn't been that good, they immediately stop and they give up. But, you know, I know it's going to sound cliche, but that's the time that you should go outside, fucking splash some water on your face, come back in and train even harder because that's going to be the difference to the 140 snatch or the 150 snatch, you know, is pushing yourself... um, beyond what you think you can do every single time you come into the gym and it all starts with your mindset you know
0: yeah I, I, it's it's so funny that you said that because i i think about things now and i think about my own training and you know when i'm kind of uh, obviously I, I need to hit certain lifts every single week when i'm kind of progressing towards a competition and, and what have you and i always get so scared of myself if i don't miss a lift Not because of what my coach is going to say, not because of what people on Instagram are going to say, not because of any of that shit. Because I know if I've missed that lift, man, I am about to kick the living daylights out of myself when I come around to my accessory work. Like, as soon as it comes on to accessory work, I'm like, motherfucker, you failed that lift. There is no way that you are walking out of here with an ounce of energy left. Because you failed that you have to work three times as hard as you would have done anyway because you have to make up for that and i walk out of there and yeah i might have felt shit after that lift and i failed it but once i've done all of that other hard work and i've pushed my body and i'm absolutely dying and i know i can't have done any more then my job is done like and i can leave the gym happy as larry like i could have i could have been So fucking miserable after that failed lift. But when I leave at the end of that session and I've given everything, man, I literally couldn't
1: have been happier. Exactly, brother. Exactly. Um, It's very easy to um, continue training hard when you're having a good session or you've had a good day. (laughs) But that's not what makes you the best that you can possibly be. It's the days that... (laughs) you having a bad day or it's the days that it's not working and it's the days that those are the days that you focus more than ever to make sure that your technique is on point that you're moving well that you've warmed up properly you've had all your meals you know a lot of things are in your control believe it or not you know um, it's from the moment that you wake up you know what's the first words that you say to yourself is it positive is it negative you know, when you walk into the gym, um, you know, is it time to fucking train or is it time to sit on your phone or, you know, these are all decisions. Like, that's that's why I say it, it turns over to life. It's exactly the same as life, you know. You, it, the work you put in is what you get out. You know, it's just that simple. It's true, yeah, that's Anybody it. Anybody can do it. It doesn't matter what the goal is,
0: you know. Exactly. Now I'm I'm really really interested to 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 ask you this. I finish off the podcast the same with everyone else, and I want you for a second just to take a trip back in time, okay? So I want us to imagine that we're stepping into a time machine, and you're going to visit your younger self. So I want you to imagine you're taking a step back now, uh, let's say like you're between the ages of like 10 and 13, super, super impressionable, you've got your whole life ahead of you, obviously you're not super old by any stretch of the imagination, so you're going to have to be a a little bit smart with it, but... You have a few moments with your younger self to impart some wisdom, some knowledge, a mantra to live by perhaps, just a, a, something to help your younger self get through everything that you've had to get through in your life, to get from where you were there to where you are now. What what do you say? What do you give them? How do you help?
1: Okay. Okay. What I'll say is exactly what I've had two people in my life tell me, and it stuck with me um, forever. Uh, my coach, which is um, Darren's dad, which, which was my first um, powerlifting coach, the guy who squatted 400 kilos and used to talk every single day outside of the gym for five minutes before we left to tell us how great we were. He used to tell me every single day, no matter what... Don't stop training he goes doesn't matter what happens. he goes it does not matter what happens, never ever stop training and um, I remember actually when I was about twelve years old we were playing soccer, so I was in year eight and we were playing with all the year twelves and um one of the year twelves told me he goes, no matter what brother, don't stop running he goes when you get the boy, he goes, don't stop running, don't stop running. And he actually left the field because we finished the game. And I remember myself actually looking at him, walk up the hill, trying to take in what he said, don't stop running, don't stop running, don't stop running. So um, I've actually got a motto at the moment, which is everybody else's probably as well. But the message that I would uh, give myself is actually never give up. And I know it sounds cliche, like, Never give up. Okay, dude, like, what's that supposed to mean? But literally, do not fucking give up. Just keep going. Keep giving your best effort. When you think you're working hard in the gym, or you're doing, let's just say you're doing snatches, you're doing 10 sets of three, and you've done five sets down, and your lungs are starting to burn, and your lactic's burning, what are you going to do? You need to push even harder, and make it hurt even more, and give even more effort. So, Just the advice that I would have given myself is to never give up and just keep going. So I hope that can inspire uh, someone out there along their fitness journey or strength journey. And um, there we go, brother.